Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 357. It's Saturday, December 22nd, and I am recording before midnight, which is good. It is very good. And it is also very good that you are with me this evening. Well, it's evening for me. It might be a totally different time for you. I'm in my cozy spot in my basement, and I hope you are comfortable as you're listening to this. And as I tell you how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open today to experience the presence of God. This morning, Saturdays, have started to become soccer morning. Now, I don't mean that I go out and play soccer. That would be pretty cool, but that's not it. Instead, I have been streaming and watching Italian Serie A football, as they call it, which is soccer. And I've been doing this because I decided after the World Cup this year, and listeners who have been with the podcast since the summer know that I am a huge, lifelong soccer fan. After the World Cup was over, I realized that, you know, today with the technology that we have, and with the various streaming services, I could follow European soccer. The question was, which league? Well, the English Premier League is obviously the top league on the continent, but that's fairly expensive to stream. So I was listening to it audio for a while, just listening to, um, to the, the games called on audio, and, and that was less expensive, but that really wasn't that interesting. Well... ESPN has, through their app for just $5 a month, the opportunity to stream Italian football. And I've really been enjoying this. And this morning was no exception. And I was really struck by how the walls around the world have fallen. The distances and the space have fallen because of the internet, right? That we can be connected watching whatever we want pretty much whenever we want, and also with our devices wherever we want. So we have these bridges, which are the literal internet cables that run under the ocean and in various ways across the continents that allow us to do this. But you know, not every country gets to do that. I don't know if you've heard of the Great Chinese Firewall. That's actually what they call it. Because in China, you don't get full Google or full YouTube or full any of the platforms that we in America so take for granted these days. There is a huge digital firewall that keeps out the truth from China. And recently, Google was in the headlines because they were working on something codenamed Google Project Dragonfly, which was going to be a vetted browser that would be within the firewall, which actually would make the firewall obsolete. And um, employees in the company felt that this was so counter, not just to Google's philosophy, but counter to the internet and the digital age, and really the 21st century, that putting up walls to block information, to block connection with the world was antithetical to what the 21st century is about. 
So I was thinking of walls also today as we're in the first full day of the government shutdown. And, you know, this is the third shutdown of 2018. And I really feel bad for the people who are affected by this, who don't know when their paycheck's going to come. And at this point, the government, the Congress isn't even going to meet till the 27th after Christmas at the very earliest because of the holiday. And I think it's absolutely insane absolutely insane because what we have is one person Donald Trump who is so focused on building a wall a physical wall now lately he's been talking about metal slats or something like that but it looked like everything was going to be funded there was going to be a digital monitoring of the border and uh, there was going to be a one and a half billion dollars for that. But no, he dug in and said there must be a physical wall. Now, <laughs> Americans don't want this. Um, 59% of the Americans surveyed recently do not want a wall. That's almost 60%. But it is by party because 79% of Republicans want a wall. of Democrats are against the wall. And interestingly enough, 66% of independents are against the wall. And it's just astounds me that in this age and era where we are about trying to break down barriers for commerce and barriers for information, where the outcry of the great firewall of China is so significant... But yet we have this desire, this fervent, I think we can call it, desire to build a physical wall. And I I think that it's, it's ridiculous for a couple of reasons. First of all, I really believe that anyone who says build that wall, whether they're a politician, whether they're chanting it, they should go down to the southern border and see what's there. And I I mean really go down and see. Because I've been there. I was in Tijuana, Mexico twice. I was on the beach where the wall runs into the ocean about 100 yards. Yes, there is a wall that goes into the ocean. Now, it's not a concrete wall with barbed wire or, you know, guard towers. But it is a physical barrier. And there are physical barriers on most of the key parts of the southern border. Where Trump wants to build the wall is in places where it is inhospitable land. In fact, some of the places it goes through preserved wilderness that has been preserved in various ways. So that's the first thing, that if you say build that wall in order to have legitimacy You need to go to the border, talk to people at the border, and understand that it is something they're not in favor of for the most part, because they understand that the border is by nature porous, and not just illegal, undocumented migrants coming through. It's people passing back and forth every single day for work and commerce and for trade and for families and for so much more. So that's the first thing about walls. Well, I want to, after the break here, talk about bridges. 
And I want to talk about someone who went to the border and had some pretty significant words at the border. And in fact, even celebrated a mass at the border just right next to where the wall is. So stick with me through the break and I will share that on the other side. So thanks for sticking with me after the break. The person I was referring to about going to the border and celebrating mass at the border was, of course, Pope Francis. And he was there in February, February 17th, actually, in 2016. And he said this during his homily. He said, the human tragedy that has forced migration is a global phenomenon today. The crisis, which can be measured in numbers and statistics, we want instead to measure with names, stories, and families. And I think that second sentence really gets at the crux of the Pope's vision, and I also think of Christ's vision. And I'll get to that in a second. We want instead to measure with names, stories, and families. So Christ, Jesus the Christ, was all about unity. And we we see this in a couple of related ways. First of all, I don't want to get too theological here, but do understand that Jesus the Christ, we're talking about two separate but related aspects of God. The Christ, the second person of the Trinity, is the creator of everything. Through Christ, all things were made, is in our creed that we pray. And Christ is the force of life and love, which permeates all of creation. So when we talk about God permeating everything, panentheism, as I've talked about here before, that is the Christ that we are talking about. But the Christ became incarnate in the person, the man, Jesus of Nazareth. And when we talk about Jesus, we talk about Jesus the Christ. So Jesus is the Christ in a way, a form, a human who lived and breathed and died and was resurrected to show us what God and the Christ looks like. Okay? That's, that's basic Christian theology, all right? Both aspects, Jesus and the Christ, are about unity because Christ is the unifying force of all of creation. Christ is in all and draws all together because Christ is love and love is the most powerful, attractive force. And Jesus incarnated this in his own life. Jesus was constantly reaching out to people who were considered the other, people who were outcast, people who were pushed aside, people who were the wrong nationality, people who weren't the the good people, right? And we see that Jesus really was not concerned at all with nationality. In fact, there were times where he praised those who were very much 
despised or hated by the Galileans, of which he was one, or especially the Judeans, who were the, the southern Jews around Jerusalem. The Samaritans were, of course, people that were the other. And what did Jesus say about the Samaritans? Well, they were good because in the parable, it is the Samaritan who stops. Even Jesus sometimes is surprised by his own, perhaps, biases, right? The Syrophoenician woman comes begging him to heal her child, and Jesus at first dismisses her fairly rudely, but she perseveres, and then it seems that he is surprised at her faithfulness. He's surprised, perhaps, that the other is loving and kind and faithful, just like everyone else. And I think this gets lost in the debate about walls and borders and nations and those people that Christ, God, Jesus wants us to be one. That was his prayer. He wants us to build connections because the connections are already there. He wants us to honor those and not to sever those, not to put up boundaries that are going to divide people. Now, I realize nations need secure borders, and it is important that we look at immigration. I I get that. I understand that. But we're talking about symbols here, symbols that say something about a country, about people, about a faith. And Pope Francis got that. In fact, this is the famous quote of his as He was flying back to Rome from his Mexico trip. And um, America Magazine says that this quote came in response to info about Trump and how he announced as a candidate, if he became president, he would deport 11 million illegal immigrants, separating families in the process, and he would build a wall along the U.S. border with Mexico. So that's the, the context. And what the Pope said, this is a direct quote, A person who thinks only about building walls wherever they may be and not building bridges is not Christian. This is not in the gospel. I I don't know that I could say it any better than Pope Francis himself. So my prayer is this Christmas season as we remember God become incarnate in a poor child who a poor family who ended up becoming migrants, refugees themselves as they fled to Egypt from a violent king, King Herod. My prayer is that we can have a change of heart to understand that we are in a world where it is more important to build bridges, to tear down walls, whether they're firewalls or Berlin walls or the walls that are forcing our government to be shut down right now, that we can have the Christmas spirit, the spirit of rebirth and the spirit of peace and the spirit of connection that this season is all about. That is my prayer this year. So in response, when you hear about bridges and walls, what, what comes up in your mind? How are you about building bridges? 
spanning between people, between ideas, between places? How are you a bridge person? And also, let's face it, we all are wall people at times too. Times that we want to put up barriers, we want to divide, we want to isolate ourselves. We don't want to be loving. We don't want to see God in the other. And honestly, where are you a wall person as well? And as we wrap up Advent the last few days and begin to celebrate Christmas, how can God help you to be more of a bridge person and less of a wall person? As always, thanks for listening. Blessings and peace.